What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Guest Friday. I'm not your average Boston sports podcast. I am your host, Derek Hayden. As always, you can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. And you can uh, follow our social pages on Twitter and Facebook for the latest updates. Uh, really excited to uh, welcome back uh, Matt Flew to the program. And uh, Matt, it's great to have you. We're previewing the uh, NBA draft uh, that's coming up on Thursday. Uh, how's it going? Yes, it's going great. Uh, thank you for having me once again. Uh, my my two segments are usually uh, college basketball and the NBA draft. So yeah, it's uh, that time of the year, and yeah. uh, one of my favorite times of the year. I've been been watching the NBA draft since mm-hmm. I was uh, I think my eighth grade year of middle school. I've I've had a tradition where I always watch the draft uh, with some friends, and uh, my one friend and I we we have a tradition now. Either he hosts or I host, and this year it's my turn to host. So. Nice. Yeah, no, it's always a exciting time, you know, to get to see the guys that are hopefully going to be kind of the, the next wave um, in the NBA. Uh, just kind of your overall right. thoughts about this, this year's draft and kind of what to maybe expect. I think this draft is going to be a um, class – I think after the lottery picks, it kind of fizzles out with any of those uh, showstopper or hot topic names that you might have heard in March Madness or mm. just in college basketball in general. I think you saw a, a unique amount of people declare for the NBA draft and then go back to college for, mm-hmm. for the remaining eligibility or mm-hmm. uh, to run it back, maybe if they were really close in March Madness. So I think a lot of the withdrawals might have hurt this class. Uh, this year, because I think when when you look at the mock drafts and everything, you know, after that, you know, 16th pick, uh, a lot of the names that you, you, uh, you know, would would think you would know or heard of in the last, you know, year or two um, aren't on the board anymore. And it's a lot of your um, overseas uh, names and your stash them picks, I call it, which I'm not usually a fan of. You know, I've said for years and years and years uh, that I've talked about the NBA draft. I, I wish the NBA had something like what the NFL has with a supplemental draft because um, the NBA is not deep. You have 60, 60 picks, two rounds. So right. it's unfortunate that, you know, a, a, a collegiate uh, basketball player might get, you know, knocked out of a draft spot uh, right. and a, a, an overseas person um, gets, you know, that, that slot. But mm-hmm. then again, you look at the other end of things and we just watch the, Denver Nuggets and Nikola um, Jokic just get the MVP. And, and, you know, that's that's one of those things where he was an overseas guy. No one knew who he was. Who's this guy from Serbia? And then he turns out to be the MVP of uh, the Denver Nuggets. So those stash on picks, you know, they they work out in the end. But a few years later, and I think a lot of the NBA teams this year will probably uh, be taking a lot of flyers on people. But um, back to 2019, you had. Uh, a, a name Zion Williamson, which was, you know, the big highlight of the draft. And obviously right. this this uh, draft is, is Victor Wemby. I think when uh, the NBA draft lottery happened, uh, it was it was obvious whoever was going to get that number one pick was going to draft uh, Victor Wemby on it. It, it wasn't uh, mm-hmm. a, a guess or it was just a foregone conclusion. And um, I think the best opportunity for, for Victor Wemby – is the Spurs. You yeah. see what they've done with overseas players, Mono Ginobili, Tony Parker, mm-hmm. Tim Duncan isn't overseas, but you know, you saw what they did with him. They've had David Robinson mm-hmm. and, and the Spurs are in a unique scenario because I really think this saved their franchise. And what I mean by that is um, Greg Popovich was starting to hint retirement. Uh, that clip went viral last year of him kind of down talking the the Spurs before they played any games, saying, you know, you know, my, my advice for everyone is to, you know, not to not uh, vote or or put any money down on the Spurs winning a championship because, you know, we probably won't win more than 20 games. And that's coming from Greg Popovich, one of the best coaches of the NBA. So I think this kind of uh, sparked a fire under the bellies of uh, that's just the Spurs management to get this number one pick. And um, I think there are a few um, names away from 
being relevant again because they've been rebuilding. And um, I think this is going to be a a fun first hour, like um, Discourse was saying this morning on first take. Uh, The first hour is going to be, I think, the most interesting because it's uncertain what the Blazers are going to do. Um, The Hornets have two names. Obviously, it's a foregone conclusion. Wemby is going to go. So it's all right. Does the Hornets take uh, Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. A lot of a lot to, to unpack from from what you said. But I think um, one of the first things you said was the you know fact that there's only two rounds. You know, it was interesting. I was listening to uh, the podcast today, and they were talking about the possibility of maybe expanding the draft, making it possibly like another round, so there's not you know, as many guys that maybe don't get drafted, you know, that would get that opportunity. Um, and then as far as the Spurs, I mean, I think that they're in such an interesting position because, you know, Wembenyama really is probably the most hyped prospect since Zion. You know, it's ironic that you mentioned Correct. him. Um, so I'm kind of curious. He's a, ge- he's a generational player. You don't see exactly. this often. Yeah. So I'm going to be interested to see, you know, how his game translates to the pros um, and then, you know, how quickly can the Spurs like get back to being relevant, as you said, or, you know, can they even get back to being a like a contender? Probably will be a little difficult to do that, but it will be interesting to see, you know, just do things really turn around for them very quickly. And, you know, just another thing on the Spurs, mm-hmm. I think, Greg Popovich is going to be a great coach. And I don't know how many more years, you know, Greg Popovich has in, in um, his repertoire to, to still coach at the NBA level because it's a long season. But mm-hmm. I think um, he's the, the perfect candidate to introduce Wemby to the NBA because it's a lot different than the league he's been playing in France. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of differences between overseas and um, the NBA, and it's right. going to be like a similar scenario of what the Mavericks had to do with Luka, mm-hmm. and you yeah. know what the Denver Nuggets had to do with um, Jokic, and yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, the Spurs have already released a statement, you know, when they do draft Wembiana, Tim Duncan and David Robinson have already said that they're going to sign a deal or, or, or come back as a player consultant and, and, and instill the Spurs... Mm-hmm game plans into Wemby and, and teach him the way of how to be a seven foot four center in the NBA and how to, to be relevant and, and, and not, not a bust, you know what I mean? And, yeah. you know, how, how do you not love that, that, you know, yeah. two people who were so dominant in that position are going to come back and teach you the ways. Yeah. And you know, it, it's weird because I, I was watching um, on my day off today up at uh, my camp, you know, enjoying the day off. I'm watching first take and, you know, J.J. Redick is talking with Stephen A. Smith about, you know, landing spots for Chris Paul and, you know, what contender should he go to? And and honestly, in my in my opinion, I think Chris Paul would be a godsend to the Spurs to run the point guard position for like one or two years uh, for the Spurs because, you know, yeah, okay, you can go sign the Lakers and, and, and be on a contender maybe – but he, he, he's been there, done that. He, he's been on so many contending teams, and he, he's been around the bush to where, you know, I think at his age, and, and I think JJ touched on this today a little bit in first take, you know, at his age, I think he just wants to finish out his career. And what better way is to, to finish out your career by going to get coached by Greg Popovich and play with a generational player like um, – and be that veteran leader mm-hmm. because i mean if you if you look at the spurs roster i don't think they have a guy over 31 years old like i mean they're very young and mm-hmm. they've been drafting young mm-hmm. so that's just something in my opinion like yeah. would be smart do i think it's going to happen probably not because you know if you remember a few years ago when david stern was the commissioner he vetoed a trade mm-hmm. to uh chris paul going to the lakers so right. there's always that opportunity that you know chris paul will now have that opportunity because the Wizards are going to, and we'll touch on upon this later, the Wizards are going to, you know, obviously let him walk and they're going to waive him. So, 
I just think the Spurs are a very interesting scenario. They've drafted very well as of recently, so um, they have a lot of young leadership. And um, I think the first few picks in the draft are, are, are really interesting because, you know, the Hornets, uh, they just had Michael Jordan sell their franchise right. to, to somebody else. So mm-hmm. they're looking for some good news. So they, they want to hit a home run with this pick. Um I'm hearing Brandon Miller is like, and I don't, this is speculation, but for some reason, ben, Brandon Miller is begging him and his agent are begging the Hornets to um, draft him. He does not have any interest in playing with the Blazers. I think that's a little strange. You know, you're, I think you should just want to get drafted, period. Yeah. But I also think Scoot Henderson would be a better scenario for the Blazers because if Scoot Henderson gets drafted by the Blazers, I think they have a better. Um, a, a better offer to Damian Lillard to stay. Of course. Put it yeah. that way. Because, you know, Damian Lillard doesn't have C.J. McCollum anymore, mm-hmm. so I think Scoot Henderson's the, the next best thing yeah. as a reminder of, like, the years where Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum mm-hmm. were playing back-to-back back to back with each other. So right. uh, those top three picks, I think, are the most interesting and the mm-hmm. most biggest headliners of this draft going yeah. into it. Yeah, no, I would definitely agree. You know, I can't really see a scenario that the top three is anything different than these guys. Um, no, me either. You know, I think it's going to be fascinating to see what happens after that. I mean, I think, like, we have an idea of how the top three is probably going to go, but then after that, it's like, okay, who knows? Um, so that's kind of going to be interesting to see. Um, one last note just on the Spurs. I think that, you know, not only is it, Great that, you know, you mentioned that Duncan and Robinson are going to work with uh, Wembenyama, but, you know, the Spurs have a great history in working with, you know, younger prospects and, you know, the, the okay. international guys. You know, you mentioned Ginobili, you mentioned Parker, you mentioned, um, yeah, I think it was just the two of them. But, you know, they really have a, have an ability to develop those guys that come in from, you know, overseas coming over from, you know, a different game from the NBA and being able to translate from, you know, whatever league they played in to the NBA. So I think that's going to be fascinating to see how that, how that works. You know, I think that we'd all like to think Wembenyama is going to be this unbelievable generational guy. Doesn't always happen. You know, I think. No, but at seven foot four, you're hoping he can be that rim protector and, you know, double double guy that puts that puts butts in the seats and makes those tickets Mm -hmm. sell. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think he's probably being put in the best situation possible, which is probably the best thing. You know, I might have some concerns if, say, the Hornets got the first pick, you know, is he going to be able to develop as well there? Um, you know, obviously we'll see and we'll find out, but, um, I have two questions for you in regards to the first, the the first two, uh, or three picks there. Um, you know, talking about Scoot Henderson and, and Brandon Miller, I'll, I'll start with Scoot Henderson. And I want to think, um, what your uh, information and your thoughts are on this. Mm -hmm. So Scoot Henderson did, did that scenario where, you know, he was getting recruited by, you know, every Division One basketball team, obviously, in mm-hmm. college basketball. And then he went the G League route. And he went that you know, G League United, or Ignite, excuse me. And um, I'm just curious what you think. Do you think that helps him? Or do you think that might hurt him uh, to translate his, his, his game? Um, or if he's mature for the NBA level? Or will he take some getting used to to the, to the pro, pro level because he went that route? Yeah, I mean, I think that no matter what situation you come from, there's always going to be, you know, a period that you're getting used to the game. You know, I think whether that's someone that comes from overseas, someone that's played college basketball, someone that's played, you know, G League, you know, it's there's always going to be a bit of a, you know, adjustment period. Um, you know, I think that his offensive game does translate pretty well to the pros, you know, that he's able to play with pace, he's able to you know, hit those kind of mid-range jumpers, be really good, um, can be really good at times defensively. Um, uh, so I think, you know, he kind of is that modern, like, point guard, maybe isn't, you know, Steph Curry, Damian Lillard in terms of 
you know, pulling up and shooting 30, 35 foot threes. Um, but I think that, you know, he's a guy that's going to be able to like push the pace and be able to, you know, push that to a point that it's going to help whatever team it's, it's, uh, is, is, is drafted by. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. You know, the G League, I think, has a lot of pro-ready players that went through that system. I think that's why they created it for those people who don't want to go to college for whatever reason and to start making money. Because I correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe they get some sort of stipend or they, they make money somehow. Yeah, I, I believe that, that um, financially. Right, yeah. So I, I I get it. You know, when people want to start making money and get getting a paycheck. So. You know, I think he, he went up against, you know, some NBA caliber type players. Mm-hmm. So that might help. But so I, I, I think summer league, he'll dominate probably whatever team he's on, because the, the summer league is probably like a, uh, a very close comparison to the G, the G League Ignite yeah. team that in, in the, the league he was was in. Yeah, but um, I, I also think if he goes to the um, to the Blazers, you know, I, I think he'll be able just to build himself to where he fits with with that, you know, um, that core. You got Nurchik, you got, um, you know, Damian Lillard. If he stays, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you have people that can kind of show him the ways, which is nice. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think he's a better candidate for the Blazers anyway. And then, you know, talking about who I think the, the Hornets are going to draft, yeah. and I think he wants to get drafted by them, Brandon Miller, mm-hmm. um on him but i'm curious if you you think teams looked into it hard i think it was no secret and i mentioned it you know when we talked about march madness um you know distractions um with that alabama team and brandon miller being in, involved in that uh, you know getaway car and, and, and the shooting with that fatality do you think um during the nba combine process um brandon miller got questioned a lot about that or you know teams were turned off by by that and who might have had him on on their radar or wanted to trade up for him, you know, might have changed their mind and, and are just going to let him go where he goes? Or do you think someone will try to trade up for him? No, I mean, I think whenever there's, you know, uh, a situation like that, of course, I think you're going to get questions about that. I mean, I don't know for sure. You know, I don't think any of us really do um, in terms of teams talking to him. But I think um, I can't imagine that a team is going to trade up i think just for the fact that i think that the the hornets really like him um and i think that he will be you know assuming he gets drafted there i think he'll be a good fit there because he's someone that can kind of do a little bit of everything you know he's a really good i think he's a really good defender you know he's a decent shooter um i think can do you know i think i just think about the hornets and you know, LaMelo Ball, does it, it probably doesn't make sense to draft Scoot Henderson. So I feel like, you know, Miller's a guy that can kind of fit right into that team and be able to kind of do what, whatever they ask him to do. Exactly. I, I agree with you. I, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Are there any other guys that might go, like, in the top ten that you're inter- interested to see how they do um, in, the, in the NBA? Yeah, I have I have two guys. I think the first one is is Cam Whitmore, only because I am a I am a um, Villanova guy. You know, he he's and I I, I was torn between this because I, I really didn't think he should have um, compared to the draft um, freshman year because it was such a down year. For Villanova, you know, they had a very underwhelming season, and he didn't really get the showcase, mm-hmm. you know, hit himself that that well. Um, you know, he was a hyped-up name in a, in a recruit for Villanova. Um, you know, Jay Wright recruited him, and, and you know, the, their coach now, um, Kyle Neptune, was able to, to, to kind of get him. And he's averaging, you know, 12.5 points per game, five rebounds. You know, he's got a good three-point, you know, shooting uh, percentage, but uh, curious how you know he will play in the NBA. I mean, I was upset that he, he did declare because of the um, recruits that you know Villanova did get. I think you know they would have had a really fun year, and 
Um, I think maybe the 12.5 points might have gone to like 19 points per game mm-hmm. at, the, at the collegiate level. But um, I would be happy if, like, at number five, um, Drafts are saying that that he'll he'll uh, get drafted by the Pistons, and I think mm-hmm. I think that's a great scenario because um, I think his his basketball IQ and his his talent will complement like a Jaden Ivey and mm-hmm. a Cade Cunningham. He'll have like their own mm-hmm. little young big three, if you will. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to make them a playoff caliber team. I'm not saying that at all, yeah. but I think they'll be a really fun summer league team to watch, and mm-hmm. they'll they'll be a young little. Um, projected, you know, uh, young big three, if you will, in Detroit. And I believe Detroit's got a new coach. I, I can't remember who it is off the top of my head. Do you Monty, remember? Monty Williams. Monty, yes, that is correct. Monty Williams. You know, we saw what he did until um, the Suns. Yeah. And, you know, he's been all around the league. And, um, you know, he, he lost his wife when he was coaching um, for the uh, Pelicans. And, I mean, he's been around – been around the uh, NBA for a while, and you know it's gone over through uh, adversity and things like that. And you know Cam Whitmore had adversity because you know he got hurt. I mean he, he was hurt and um, didn't get to finish out his freshman year at Villanova. So mm-hmm. I think that'd be a good a good fit for him. And Cam Whitmore won't have to come in and, and immediately be that superstar, um, just like Cunningham didn't have to be, even though he showed glimpses of it and. Same with Jaden Ivey. I think they're just, you know, a few key pieces away from, you know, being in that Midwest, you know, a a, a, bit, a very decent team to play with the, the best of them, like your Milwaukee Bucks and, and teams like that. And and then second player I'm, I'm pretty interested in, you know, he's going to be either a, a, a middle lottery pick or, you know, a few picks after the lottery pick is is Jet Howard. And um, he played at Michigan. And I'm, I'm curious – uh, about him for a few reasons because he's only ever coached with his or played for his dad. His dad coached mm. him um, when he was, you know, in the youth leagues and then at Michigan. And now he's going to, as a freshman, hand off to whatever team drafts him. And I'm curious how that will play out if he'll struggle mm-hmm. because he's just only been used to being co- coached by his dad. Or if he'll have um, his dad to kind of teach him the ways of the NBA, because his dad is an NBA former player. So I'm curious how his um, basketball scenario will play out, you know, when he gets drafted at the NBA level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he is a freshman and uh, good things for Michigan, you know, 14.2 uh, points per game. But you know, someone like him, I, I would like to see get a little more more rebounds. He only averaged a little under over three rebounds a game, which, you know, he, he should have been getting a lot more rebounds. But definitely in the, you know, the, the conference he was in, you know, needing to, the you know, out-rebound, the, you know, the best of them with, you know, uh, Trace Davis from Indiana and, uh, you know, Zach Eady. So, mm-hmm. um, curious how he'll play out. You know, the Magic are a team that, you know, we're definitely looking at him, um, you know, at the 11th, you know, 11th pick. Um, if, if they keep it and then, you know, other teams, you know, I, I think that might, um, take a flyer on, um, Howard could be teams like, um, the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets or, you know, Miami, pretty much any team I think that dad played for, you know, um, it's one of those things where, you know, they'll take a flyer, you know, Hey, we had your dad at some point, you know, maybe we can, you know, utilize you as, you know, someone who, you play similar to your dad. Who knows? So um, those are two players that kind of stick out to me. Um, yeah. or, you know, player, I, I would just be curious, you know, really quick. Uh, is Jordan Hawkins. You know, I mean, he was a three-point catalyst in um, March Madness and at UConn. So to see how, mm-hmm. you know, he will uh, maybe be that flamethrower for, you know, a, a team that needs uh, really good three-point shooters and, mm-hmm. and good good wing players. So those are – Three players that I'm looking for uh, yeah. to be drafted and make impacts. What What about you? Um, I think, you know, like you said, Cam Whitmore at Villanova. I'm curious to see what he can do. Uh, Grady Dick out of Kansas. I liked watching him during the regular season uh, for college basketball, but me too. You know, I think that obviously there's room to grow for him, but I think he's got a really good 
like off offensive bag, as as the kids say. Um, <laughs> and I think, you know, just being able to have those offensive skills, I think, coming into this time in the NBA where there's kind of a huge emphasis on offense and you know shot creation and things like that, um, that I think he'll be able to translate on that end. You know, it may take him a little bit to you know, figure out the game defensively. But I think, like, if you get put into the right situation with the right coaching, as long as you can defend in this league, you're going to be fine. So I think he's a guy where it's like he goes to a team with a solid just, like, defensive identity that it could really help his game. So I'm kind of excited to see what team takes him. Um, You know, ESPN has him ranked at, the 10th best available so you know could he go higher could he go a little bit lower kind of curious there you know Hawkins as you mentioned out of UConn interested to see what he can do because uh, we saw in the NCAA tournament he can really shoot it so you know there's always always a place for uh, guys who can shoot in this day and age in the NBA so um, curious to see what he can do yeah and you mentioned Grady Dick and I think Grady Dick going um, NBA draft uh, from Kansas. I think he's probably taking a lot of notes and, and probably making a lot of phone calls to Christian Braun because Christian That's Braun right. got drafted last year by the Denver Nuggets mm-hmm. and Christian Braun just became a champion, champion yeah. of not only Kansas when he was at Kansas, but mm-hmm. with the Denver Nuggets in his rookie season. So mm-hmm. um, I think that'd be someone that Grady Dick, no, no matter where he gets drafted, or whatever, what team or scenario um, can can lean on and say, hey, how do I kind of have a successful NBA career like you're having? Mm -hmm. Um, Do I think he'll get drafted to a team uh, that could be an NBA champion? Who knows? But, you know, it's definitely a phone call, or he can have that mentorship uh, with someone like that because it's it's nice to to see that, especially that he went to Kansas. Um, but I, I, I agree with you. I, I think th- those are people. But um, I, I just one thing, you know, I, I, it's still so mind boggling. Um, I actually, I remember sitting in English class, like I think 10th grade, writing a paper on this um, because it was, it was a heavily contested topic that at the time John Calipari and um, Coach K um, harped on. You know, this is all, be- you know, before the. Um, those uh whatever the 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 deals that all these kids get now and the nils and and everything um i think what's really hurting college basketball is you know a lot of these freshmen you know they're they're the one and dones you know Mm -hmm. um you know it's hard as a college basketball coach i can only imagine to recruit nowadays because Mm -hmm. you know like someone like a cam whitmore or you know, a Grady Dick who's leaving after one year, it's tough because you know they can be such a vital part to a four-year program and and you get them for for a year and it's almost as like you're, it's like a loan, you know, you're getting them for a year. Um, But we just talked about it when we first started this this podcast is if these freshmen didn't declare, you know, because we saw a lot of people, um, to go back to the college, they, they declared to, you know, go back to college and, and, and took their name out of the draft. Mm-hmm. It would be a very, very um, overwhelming draft to, to, to watch on Thursday night. So it's mm-hmm. almost like a double-edged sword. You don't want these people leaving freshman year, but if they didn't leave freshman year, mm-hmm. it'd be a very small market to pick from name-wise. For, for for the draft so it's one of those things that's interesting because a, as you're watching the draft year after year you know and you hear all these freshmen get drafted you're like holy crap you know what have they showcased so far or aren't they so young for the nba but you know they they want to they want to start making the bag like you just said and and making that income and and starting you know to to make a, a career for themselves so You don't see many players staying four years. I mean, I was very shocked. I think you were too, to see Zach E get to get drafted, uh, to go back to the NBA and and not or uh, back to college and not want to get drafted this year. Um, But I think that scenario was interesting because he was told by the 
Um, he was told by those scouts that even though you're a freak in nature and, you know, you're double-double in the Big Ten, you know, you're not going to be a lottery pick. Mm-hmm. And I think that was kind of hard for him to swallow. So I think he wanted to go back to college to, you know, for a year to build on whatever he needs to to be that top 10 guy next year for next year's draft because, you know, we know he can. And I, I think him not coming out of the first weekend of college basketball may or may not have hurt him as well. I don't know what you think about that, but that could have played a part in his decision, you know, going back to college for another year to, to build. Yeah. You know, I think it's, I think it's certainly possible, you know, that not playing as many games could have, you know, given people less opportunity to, you know, see, see him play. Um, but, you know, hard to know what goes into a decision like that, um, you know, could be a, a bunch of different factors. I agree. Um, any, like, guys that you think could be, like, second round, like, not steals, but, like, second round picks that you think could make um, a difference? Because I'm looking at, you know, a couple of the, you know, ranked prospects that could be going in the second round. Um, and there are a lot, there are a decent amount of guys that I think could be, you know, contributors right away. Uh, definitely. I'm in, in, not that I'm being biased or anything, mm-hmm. uh, because this gentleman's from the 518, you know, where I'm from, but mm-hmm. I, I'm excited and intrigued to see where Andre Jackson, um, gets drafted. He'll be a second rounder. Uh, you know, of course he's not going to be a first rounder unless, you know, his draft combine, he really, he really, um, Press some teams, or you know, they don't want to wait to the uh, second round to draft him. But um, I'm curious to where he'll go because I think it doesn't matter what team he goes to, he'll make a sudden impact because mm-hmm. no secret that Andre Jackson wasn't on that UConn team. They don't win. They don't win the national championship. Mm-hmm. And I, I watched Albany when they were at Albany MVP Arena for March Madness. Yeah put up sexy numbers but he made that extra pass he, he, he got that extra rebound to to keep possessions open yeah. or he got that steal or made that play to to make the team go on a 6-0 run yeah. things like that that you know score 20 points a game he, he was able to just be out there and be a force and I think that's what he'll he'll bring to any NBA mm-hmm. team he'll just He'll be that showstopper yeah. on the court, not by scoring twenty points a game, but getting that big play or getting that big steal, and and and, and just being fun to, to to root for. And I'm excited to where he'll get drafted because I, there's so many different teams that he could go to. I mean, I, I see on the um, projections, you know, he's he's potentially uh, looked at to go 46 to the Hawks. Mm-hmm. Another mock draft has him. Uh, going to give me a second. Um, going to, I just saw it. Um, the Pistons. So you never know. You know, er, early second round or mid second round. Um, there's some teams I think that would just love to have them. Mm-hmm. And, I, and another name, um, another name I, I, I'm watching for is Amani Bates. You know, he was mm-hmm. the big, you know, stud that went to um, Memphis. Didn't really have a good career. Uh, with Penny Hardaway, and uh, you know he got into some trouble um, mm-hmm. out of the, uh, the um, off-court issues yeah. at Memphis. He had a transfer to Eastern Michigan back home mm-hmm. and scored you know twenty uh, points a game or so this year, and you know led them to almost winning in one of those you know smaller um, season if you will Mm -hmm. and um you know the reason why i'm interested in him is he'll be a second rounder but years ago he was a projected first round pick Mm -hmm. so it's interesting to see how two years ago he was a you know projected you know lottery pick Mm -hmm. first round pick to now second round you know see where his game in the nba will um translate and see how he'll use that maybe as motivation and and another name you know just throw one more name out there Mm -hmm. um Dax Jr. Um, he was one of those players that I do believe stayed until his senior year at UCLA, and, and you, you saw how dominant he was with Mick Cronin's team, and 
he was another one, like I just said with Andre Jackson, a lot of the fun, fear and, and fun filled program that Mick, Mick Cronin had with UCLA doesn't happen if Jamie Jacks Jr. isn't on that team as a veteran mindset. So those are a lot of some second round guys that might make a, an impact immediately or um, as time progresses, because you always have those um, second rounders that at first, you know, don't do much in summer league and, you know, don't show their value, but then they start showing their value either a year after getting drafted or midway through the season of their rookie year because people get hurt or mm-hmm. just like, you know, any sport, next guy up. Doesn't matter if it's NFL, MLB, doesn't matter what the sport is. Hey, next guy up. All right, hey, depth chart. Someone gets hurt, your name is being called. So it's when, you know, those people get those chances to uh, showcase their, their talent mm-hmm. for whatever reason, uh, you know, the the name gets called and, you know, go show what you got. And that's, mm-hmm. so that's what I'm curious about with those few names. I don't know about you. Mm-hmm. You have a few names that you're interested in. Yeah, no, actually, with a decent amount. Um, Keontae Johnson of Kansas State, uh, really liked what he really liked what he did in the tournament. Um, I think that he's a guy that could come in and make an impact. Uh, Kobe Brown out of Missouri, um, a guy that can stretch the floor but can also uh, score on the interior. Um, Jalen Wilson out of Kansas, I also yes. liked his game. Uh, Jordan Walsh out of Arkansas, a guy that's a, a, a grinder, I think, and I think someone... He looks like an avatar player, I'm sorry. That's all I think about when I look at him as an avatar character. I think that he's a, a hard, hard-working guy, uh, a, a guy that I think could have a spot really on any team. I think the way that he grinds is really hard. Uh, Marcus Sasser out of Houston, he can shoot. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis out of Indiana, a guy that I feel like can do just about anything. Probably some concerns about um, him being able to shoot. You know, the NBA is kind of more of a, a shooter's game these days. But I think those are just a couple guys that I think could be, you know, have the chance to be a quality, you know, NBA player that maybe they don't get big minutes right away. But, you know, they could be someone that gets minutes in a couple years and helps you know, a, a championship team, kind of like Christian Brown. Um, you know, obviously he was a first-round pick, but, you know, he right. that same type of impact. Yeah, and I, I like what you just uh, you just touched on, uh, Keontae Johnson, because mm-hmm. um, that's the type of name that, you know, tugs on my heartstrings because, yeah. you know, we all saw him cardiac arrest in um, a college basketball game in, yeah. in Florida and, you know, Telling him that they didn't know if he'd ever play basketball again. You know, he he recovers, he he grinds it out, and and yeah. decides to change the scenery as needed. And you know, in the meantime, Florida was going through a coaching change. Um, he goes to Kansas State, and I think revitalizes his 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 career and and showcases that you know, don't worry about me and my health. I'm okay because you know, as a draft scout, I imagine a big concern for these uh, draft scouts, you know, wanting to maybe learn more about, is he okay? Is he going to be a health concern anytime, you know, on the court? And I think he showcased that, especially in March Madness, that, you know, he was okay and he, he's ready to, you know, make make a, a career out of out of playing a basketball for, for the NBA. So that's, mm-hmm. that's something I'm very excited to see how his career plays out. And I, I think um, he'll be one of those players that, huge impact in the NBA, but I think he'll be one of those that fans will just love to root for because of the story and, and want to see him be good in, 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 in any capacity in the NBA. And, and I'm, I agree with you. I'm definitely looking forward to him paving uh, the way for uh, an NBA career. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think any of those guys, you know, have a possibility to, you know, kind of make a name for themselves. Um, any other draft thoughts that you wanted to, to talk about before we talked a little bit about uh, some of the movements that's gone on? Um, I just I think like every year it's uncertain um, what's going on behind the scenes. You know, I definitely think 
Um, there could be some trades or, or, or two. I know Indiana wants to trade out of the seventh spot, and some other teams uh, said that they're not afraid to um, make moves. I, I think, and we'll, we'll touch upon it in a minute or two, um, the Wizards are in a, uh, a rebuilding stage. I think with their new GM and front office, they want to like they're gonna they're doing and that we're gonna talk about and um i don't know if they'd be afraid to dangle that eighth pick um lottery pick the people i i don't know if they're in love with that unless they have someone that they really want to draft but they could use that to their advantage and hey whoever wants the eighth pick you know give us um you know a player or you know some draft capital or money or or, or what have you so i think there's definitely going to be movement there always is um just like brian windhorst said i touched upon it earlier and i'll be quoted today there's going to be movement in the first hour for sure just not sure um who or what or where but um i I think it'll be uh an interesting draft you know one of the the weaker drafts and you know after you know probably about the 16th pick you know some names that you know people aren't familiar with might start coming off the board so, um, you know, do your research, you know, NBA fans and, you know, make sure that you uh, follow suit with um, some of the players that are getting drafted because, you know, don't sleep on those over overseas guys because we're, we're seeing it with what Luka Donich is doing in the NBA and yeah. your, your, your Jokic and, you know, these players that, you know, we might not know anything about and then they come to the NBA and, and dominate. So, um annoying that you don't know how to pronounce the people's names or never heard of them before but trust me Fran Fraschilla will uh give you the rundown because he's like obsessed with international players so mm-hmm. I'm excited uh you know on the last note I'm, I'm excited for the NBA yeah. draft it's you know uh a fun time always and I, I love the draft and I, I do agree though I, I wouldn't I wouldn't deny the fact that I think the NBA needs a third round you know the NBA or the NFL's got seven rounds mm-hmm. and you know the, um, the MLB's got like 25 rounds. I mean, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to the NBA having a third round uh, draft. Yeah. It's going to have less people unemployed and I think less um, people signing as a, you know, a free agent or, you know, just trying to make a two-way contract happen because there's only so many room bases on an NBA team. So I would like to see what that happens down the road. But then again, you never know what happens. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, <laughs> this could be more of a, you know, TV event type of thing where the NBA is like, oh, well, you know, the NFL draft has a three, like a three-day event. You know, we could make exactly. the NBA draft be a two-night event. So it's like, I would hope that, you know, they have the right idea in mind that, okay, let's give some more guys an opportunity to not be less or be less of like kind of a money making decision, but um, yeah, I mean, I think the the draft will be interesting. I think you know, really after the first couple picks, it's wide open. You know, really could be the draft could go any which way. So that's going to be correct. Interesting to see. Um, so I think you know, really the only big player movement thing that's happened is uh, yesterday the Suns. Uh, acquired uh, Bradley Beal from the uh, Washington Wizards. Obviously, that's a pretty big move. Um, so I'm curious Huge. to see if that trade affects the way that teams operate in terms of making trades before between now and the, and, and the draft on Thursday, or you know even during the the first round, as you said. Um, I don't know if it affects the NBA draft per se, but I, I could see it affecting free agency because that's the first domino to fall. Right, um, right. that's true. I, it tells me still that um, for some reason, I don't think you're going to see Zion Williamson in a Pelicans uniform next year. I, I just, mm. he's made it blatantly obvious that he doesn't want to be on the Pelicans because I think they're one or two key players away from being a legitimate playoff contender. Um, I don't want to, I don't know if it's on purpose, but I, I you know, he's that 2019 generational player everyone talked about. Everyone wanted to see him. 
you know, he was, you know, dominating in summer league and then he's barely played. So I don't know if Pelicans are going to give him one more year or be like, all right, you know, we're, we're kind of over it. You know, the hype is gone. People are getting annoyed. And so, mm-hmm. um, he'll have a huge, um, interest from a lot of teams if he does go, but speculations because, yeah, I mean, taking care of himself i don't know it, it was the thing that was brought up on first take today is he lazy you know how are you in the nba and you were a generational player in 2019 and you aren't ready to play maybe an nba game and you're you weren't really motivated to come back when the team needed you the most because when he went down in the beginning of january of of um 23 mm-hmm. you were like two games back from in, in, in big playoff contention. So if he didn't go go down, it would be a different playoff race, I think. So I don't know what happens with Pelicans if they hold on to him for one more year or they, they find a partner that might work. And then I, I'm really intrigued with Damian Lillard. He's one of my favorite players in the NBA. I love him. He's a he's a dark horse um, NBA player because he got drafted and, and played at Weber State for for college basketball, and no one knew this this guy coming into it. He's flown under the radar for ever and ever and ever. Dame time, you know, he's got that fun nickname. So, to see where he goes, I think now that Miami lost out on Bradley Beal, I think they're changing their focus to Damian Lillard. But what's good? That's one thing I will say. It depends on who the Blazers draft. That will make his mind up if he wants to stay or if he wants to go. Because I know for a fact that he wants Stu Henderson because he worked out with him and he was at his draft combine. He was at the the practice where they brought him in and and did a workout and he didn't go to Brandon Miller. Am I looking into that too much? Probably. But I, I think the biggest thing is who Blazers draft on Thursday and if it's Scoot probably have a good opportunity to keep Damian Lillard, but Damian Lillard wants to win a championship. He raps about it all the time. You know, he wants to be a playoff contending team. And, you know, they, they have some assets that can help them. But, I, you know, I think I don't, I don't think he really appreciated, and I, I get it, it's a, it's a business, but I think it really hurt him when C.J. McCollum, you know, got traded from Portland to um, – because, you know, they were really close, and that was a big piece that could have made them a d- dynamic force in Portland. So mm-hmm. now bringing Scoot, maybe, mm-hmm. that could be your help, you know, going forward. But if he's not happy with how the draft goes, maybe he wants to go to a um, – or a, another team that mm-hmm. is, is, is one key player away from, you know, making a run in, mm-hmm. in, in, M- in the NBA. So mm-hmm. – um, Miami would make sense, of course, and I think you know they would open open uh, their arms with uh, you know, huge uh, huge excitement. You know, having him maybe run the point, maybe not. I don't see how they could keep Kyle Lowry, him and Jimmy Butler, um, and have all those uh, big name contracts like Bam uh, Bam uh, Big Bam there. So it, it, it's intriguing to see what happens, and then. You know, what is the Golden State Warriors going to do to stay relevant? Do they get rid of uh, Draymond Green? You know, he declined his player option. Mm-hmm. You know, what do they what do they do with him? Do they keep Jordan Poole because Jordan Poole has been playing very well and you know has earned himself a a very big contract? So it's interesting to see what happens. Um, Mike Dunleavy, senior, I believe, or junior, one of the two, junior, just yeah. took over. Junior just took over. Yeah. Um, the keys uh, to running that franchise in the right. front office. Um, mm-hmm. Wonder how that will play out, but ultimately, you know, Steph Curry is one of those guys that he's untradeable. So right. screw what he says. You bring in Steph Curry. If I'm Mike Dunleavy Jr. and say, "Who do you want? What do you want? And how can we keep you happy and keep us relevant to the NBA and playoffs?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. La- lastly, I, I would just touch on, we touched upon it a little earlier, Chris 
Paul go the playoff contender route and mm. sign with the Lakers? Or does he uh, bring back a reunion to the Clippers? That's a possibility. Mm. Or does he just say, hey, I don't want to be stressed. I don't want to have a big target on my back to have to you know, make miracles happen. I'll just go sign with a Spurs team where I can just be that veteran player to bring, bring uh, my time to you know, the San Antonio fan base. Who knows what he wants? You know, I, I, it'll be interesting. So, yeah. you know, what is your thoughts on things, how things are playing out or will play out? Well, I think what's clear about the Phoenix trade is that the Suns are just going for it and saying, you know, of course, just like we're going to try to go win a championship. We don't care uh, if we're going to be going way over the, uh, you know, salary cap uh, apron, whatever the heck. But, you know, I think that's the clearest thing that, okay, they're looking to go win. They're going, going to look to win a championship. You know, it will be interesting to see um, if, you know, Washington chooses to get rid of Chris Paul. Do they bring in another team to make it a three-team trade? Do they just get right. rid of him? You know, I think I seem to think that he's going to try to go to a contender, whether that's the Lakers, the Clippers, or, you know, whatever team. You know, I don't really know. Um, but I think that's kind of I think it'll I be think. the Lakers. Yeah, that's kind of what I think, too. Um, but I think in terms of Lillard, you know, I feel like I've heard conflicting reports about, you know, whether he'd be interested in leaving whether he wants to stay, but I do think you make an interesting point that how they approach the draft and, you know, who they draft may possibly affect his decision if he wants to stay or not. Um, So I think a lot of moving parts, you know, Golden State, it is interesting because I think that they actually would like to try to keep Draymond. I think that him opting out of his player option, I don't think that has – anything to do with whether he returns or not. You know, I think that the Warriors, you know, sounds like they want to try to keep him, but I think, you know, as long as Steph Curry and Clay are healthy and playing well, you know, they're always going to be a threat no matter who's on the team. So I exactly. do think that this offseason is going to be fascinating because I think there mm-hmm. are a lot of names that could possibly get moved. You know, you talked about Zion. I think that, he, I think, to me, I think is probably the most likely out of any of these names to get moved. Um, so I think it'd be interesting. To the see package for him, though, will be crazy. Well, yeah, that's Asking. what I'm curious about because clearly he's got tremendous talent, but at the same time, what's his motivation? You know, how healthy right. is he going to be? You know, I think that there are a lot of concerns with what happened last year during the season that, you know, clearly – he got hurt and it didn't, it kind of, we're not really sure about whether he, you know, could have come back to help the team. And so it's like, if a team wants to trade for him, you know, what, what are their thoughts about, you know, is he going to be as motivated, as motivated as, you know, as, as they would like him to be? Yeah. And I'll, and I'll, I'll make two points. Um, first it's on the Suns. Mm-hmm. My, my biggest concern with this trade is, and, and I, we, we know what they're doing. They, they're, they're putting all their, their chips in a pot, and, and they want to win the championship. Right. We, we saw that with who they hired in Frank Vogel. Mm-hmm. I'm a little shocked that they went Frank Vogel because they had like 15 people apply. And, you know, when I saw a lot of those, those names, you know, a lot of key, key um, assistants that you've been around the NBA for a while that, you know, deserved a, a coaching gig. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I was really intrigued if like Nick nurse, what would get, a, would it get a gig, you know, mm-hmm. Doc Rivers. I, I wasn't sure what way they would win, but, you know, obviously they went Frank Vogel because Frank Vogel has been in a few, um, NBA championships mm-hmm. and, you know, he knows how to coach teams through the, the playoffs and, and into the championship. And, and that's what they want. But my, my biggest concern is, this trade and this, you know, big three that the Phoenix Suns have now going to be almost like a, a Brooklyn scenario and, and how Brooklyn didn't work out right. you know, when they had KD and they matched everyone up together and, and it was a disaster. Mm-hmm. Right. I think this is a better scenario than Brooklyn was that KD is in, obviously with Devin Booker 
He's fantastic. Mm-hmm. You have KD, and you have um, why am I blanking on the other one? Bradley oh, Beal. Bradley Beal now. But um, one thing I'm concerned about, and I, I've said this, uh, I said this when James Harden, Ben Simmons, and KD were on the Nets. Mm-hmm. I said this early on. I think when me and you were at Springfield College doing podcasts um, with Eric Bellier, when mm-hmm. you know that big three was. You know, alive and well with um, Golden State Warriors. Yeah, they're putting a lot of people on the same team mm-hmm. that averaged thirty to thirty-five shots a game. Right. There is only so many shots that can be put up in a game, yeah. and so much time in a game. So mm-hmm. that's going to take some getting used to, yeah, because they all are going to be ball dominant. They're all going to want right. their shots. They're all going to want to pad their stats. But also, Vogel is going to have to have his coaching hat on and say, all right, we need to play to win and not play for stats. And our end goal is the NBA championship. Mm -hmm. Because now Denver is not going to get any worse. Denver is going to be the team to beat. And it's very, very hard Mm -hmm. to relapse and repeat as a champion. So, you know, you're going to want – you know, Suns are want to want to go right at their throat. So, this makes sense. This trade, I don't know how Phoenix Suns pulled off with the little give up and the little that they're receiving. Actually, I was a little shocked. I um, no first round picks, which you know Twitter took to um, you know a lot of the NBA stars took to Twitter and was like, how did you not get first round picks for uh, Bradley Beal? They got a lot of second round picks and money compensation and you know, Landry Shamit, which, okay, you know, that's a veteran player. And uh, I'm not sure if Phoenix Suns will throw in, you know, some of those contracts that they don't care about or they just want to get rid of to free up cap space. But, you know, they're, they're getting rid of Chris Paul, which, you know, it's kind of the same thing when, you know, Chris Paul went to the Thunder years ago. He was on there and didn't do much and, you know, they got rid of that contract. And, uh, you know, second thing, um, I'll mention about Zion Williamson. I'm, I'm, I remember vaguely, but um, everyone's heart broke when the Knicks didn't get that first overall pick in 2019. They were absolutely infatuated with um, Zion Williamson, and they were um, heartbroken that they didn't get to draft him. They tried like hell to pelicans didn't work you remember that year i don't remember who duke was playing but mm-hmm. they were playing at madison square garden and they sold out the arena skip lee was there everyone williamson that's a team that might go after um zion williamson or might want him but again you have julius randall you're not gonna you're not gonna give up julius randall for for Zion Williamson, that makes no sense whatsoever because they gave up so much to get Julius Randle. So it, it, it's interesting what will happen. Mm-hmm. A few teams uh, from the 2019 uh, wanted Zion. Um, Grizzlies are interesting because uh, they had John Morant for 25 games, the first 25 games. So their free agency is going to be a little different because they know they're going to get John Morant back. But if they land a superstar or, or, or land a veteran player to help them make a playoff run, they're not going to see anything right away until John Morant comes back. If he comes back. Because that's another thing that no one's thinking about. Where is John Morant's headspace going to be when he comes back? I I, I hope mature when he comes back from 25 games and that wakes him up but he's hanging out with the wrong people and he's showing a lot of immaturity so th- this free agency is going to be very interesting and this off season is going to be very interesting yeah, for, for many reasons mm-hmm. yeah yeah no absolutely um well uh matt it was great having you back always great to uh talk some hoops with you you know i think that we're both really excited about the draft. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's probably going to 
going to do it for us. Uh, Matt, as always, great talking hoops with you. Yes, you you as well, and uh, enjoy the NBA draft on Thursday. And yeah. a lot of our project projections will probably be wrong, and yeah. things that we didn't even think would happen are probably going to happen. But yeah, that's, that's what uh, keeps the analysts busy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, everyone. We'll uh, thank we'll you for having back. me. Yeah, absolutely, Matt. We'll uh, be back with you folks next week.